Hi, everyone. This is a People album, and I'm with Selena today. Hello. So I just, I just want to start off with asking. Just introduce yourself. How how would you introduce yourself? Um, my name is Selena. I'm 17. Right, old age of 17. I feel so old. It's like I've hit the horcrux of my life where I feel like I'm at my quarter life crisis. I don't know what horcrux means, but it fit the sentence. So I like, I feel like I'm at my quarter life crisis, but that would insinuate that I like died at like, I I'm gonna die at 68. And like people say it's bad to like say you're gonna die at 68, but I don't think it's terrible. Like I'm here for a good life, not a long life. That's one of my favorite quotes. Here for a good life, not a long life. But that's that's mildly depressing. And I think I would get in trouble if I said that in real life. And like my like guidance counselor heard, like she'd probably like want to talk to me. But I digress. So I'm 17. Um, what else is interesting about me? I don't know. I, I, I have a sister. My sister is my love of my life. Wait, that we're, we're getting onto weird territory. She's, she's, I love her, but I, I don't like her like that, you know? Okay. And I have a brother, a twin brother. His name is George. Um, he at times is the bane of my existence. Um, and I think I would describe myself as a philosophist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would describe myself as eccentric, I think. I'm kind of weird. Don't want to say I'm quirky because I think every time someone says they're quirky, it's like to get attention. So I don't want to say that, but I'm, I'm a little weird. Um, in my free time, I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I love TikTok. I have like seven hours a day on TikTok and that's pretty bad, but no one's stopping me. Um, and yeah, I think that's the gist of it. The gist of it. It's definitely something. So I just want to know what's most important to you, like right now at this moment. Um, I think the most important thing is I get my shit together and figure out what I'm writing for my common app essay because I have an introduction down so far and I'm kind of liking my introduction. So I don't want to change it up just because I don't have the body and conclusion thought out, right? Kind of want to stick to it and force myself to write something. I'm not sure how far I'll get with that introduction because I'm not sure if I can write a good essay, but I've been reading these essays and I think I'm at a good pace. Like these other essays, they're okay, okay? so. I'm at an okay right now. My essay is like, okay right now. So I just have to get, like, I have to get at the level at which like everyone else is to feel good about myself. So if my essay turns out to be bad, then it's okay. I'm in the top 75 percentile. Like I'm in the average, right? So I shouldn't beat myself up over it. Um, besides worrying about my common app, um, what else am I doing? Was that the question? I feel like I, like what's most important to you now oh oh okay okay so I was kind of on the right just but not really but um I guess what's also really important to me right now is uh my family I think that's I think that's a little boring to say though it's um, boring yeah I think please tell me more about your family I think everyone says like 
their family is important. I think right now my family is definitely important. Like sometimes like if you ask me like and I just had a fight with my family, I'd probably say like they could burn in hell. That's actually I think that's sacrilegious and I'm being offensive right now. But I think like sometimes I'll be like loving my family and sometimes I'll be like why and I run away like 10 years ago and get like picked up in the foster care system. I think that's borderline offensive too. Wait, I'm going to stop myself right there. Um I think sometimes yeah the gist of what I'm saying is sometimes I love them, sometimes I hate them. And I think just saying family is really, really boring and really like, I think typical. So like, I'm going to move on from talking about family and talk about something else. You know, I think um, what else is important to me right now is, I don't know, getting my summer reading, uh, summer reading book read because I haven't I read it in middle school, but I don't know. I don't remember what it was about. So I have oh, to read. What was it. the book? Pachinko. Like Pachinko? I just remember. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, I read Pachinko. That. I read Pachinko oh, for the yeah. summer reading. I finished it in like July. Pachinko. How do you pronounce it? Pachinko. I, I pronounce it Pachinko. <laughs> I I don't know. I think I think it's Pachinko. Not sure. I think it, I think it is Pachinko. Okay. So I read it in middle school and I need to reread it. I just remember there was a lot of sex, cheating, and like working at a casino. That's all I remember. I um I was hanging out with Ava last week. Ava's my friend. I was hanging out with Ava last week and she had her pachinko book, right? And it was um we 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 got to the scene where uh this girl like she's not she's one of the side characters she's not from the main family but she finds her she catches her husband like I she remember that. Been, yeah she hasn't been having sex with her husband right so she was just like is there something wrong with me like why are we having sex anymore because she's like infertile right so and they've stopped having sex because like there's no point according to her husband right and she finds him having sex with another man in the graveyard and she just doesn't say anything like she is so unbothered that it's crazy. Okay, yeah. So that's like how that went. So I, I think those are the most important things. Family, sometimes. Um, getting my common app done. I have to figure out my EDs, EAs, like that whole sitch. Um, and then I also have to, what do I have to do? What did I just say? Oh, get my summer reading book done. So those three things. Super exciting. I think that's very difficult for you, age 17, to think about. So I have, the way you talk about your family is super interesting. I noticed in your introduction that you mentioned that you have a twin brother and a sister. So tell me more about your parents. My parents. My parents are interesting. I feel like um, my mom, well... She, I feel like, okay, I don't want to diagnose her or anything, but she sometimes feels like she has bipolarness, right? I think this is all Asian tiger moms, but sometimes she'll be like really nice and then something will get her to snap. It's like not doing the laundry one day, not combing your hair one day, and then she'll snap. And after your blown out argument, she'll be like, She'll cut up some fruit and that's her peace treaty like I don't know I'm st- like I can't hold grudges in this family like it upsets me like I'm trying to hold a grudge stay petty hashtag stay petty queen I'm trying to hold a grudge but they're making it hard for me to hold a grudge because every time I get into an argument with one of them 
the next day they'll forget about it they'll ask like an argument never happened right and like sometimes when I get into arguments with my dad like he'll just give me money and like apologize with money but like I'm just trying to like I'm trying to be mad at him anyways um my mom started working again she took a break because um I don't even remember what she took a break for wow COVID yeah I think she took a break for COVID and then so he's back working I have time to myself in the afternoons now um I think that's mean to say because some people don't have parents wait I don't okay I'm I think I'm charting on offensive territory right now um so I'm gonna like back back pedal pedal back three steps or three three turns of the wheel you know because we're pedaling right well three turns three rotations I'll turn back three rotations let me stop going there and okay maybe something else about my family I don't know like what are some things you like to do together your family dinners together do you like to watch tv together oh so our family like we always have dinner together like we always try to eat dinner like with everyone there right but over covid we've been kind of slacking on it like me and my brother will be there but my parents won't be there sometimes you know or my parents will be there and me and my brother will come in like late because we have like online meetings and stuff right so but we used to like always have dinner together also my my sister just moved out of the house she was back from um California because she just graduated UC from UCLA love her she is so smart what a smart queen but she just graduated right so she came back lived with us for like five months and she said that she couldn't continue living in the household being bothered by me and my brother every day so she moved out into her own apartment right and so now I'm thinking she just she's living life like without us but she's like 10 minutes away I can walk to her house and it'll be like 10 minutes right also her boyfriend came to visit like this week so she's staying here this week and then he's staying for another additional week right so this week and the next week he'll be here right and he's he's great he um bought us candy love the candy sugarfina if you guys like sugarfina sugarfina candy lips are so good they're so good recommend that to everyone but yeah that's like the living stitch of my family right now yeah so i think it's interesting how you mentioned like couple minutes ago that your mom like you get mad at her she brings fruit in because my mom literally showed me a video from like Chinese TikTok of like I'm not did you I'm not sure if you saw the video it's like this um Asian boy who is trying to reenact how Asian parents act when you get mad at them and it's literally the fruit the plate of fruit my parents my mom does not do that my dad doesn't do that because I don't really get mad at them. Um, but my grandma likes to give me fruit on random occasions. There's that. My grandma's dead. <laughs> what? Um, I'm sorry to hear that. No, 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 no. I just, I just, I don't know what I was thinking when I said that. Maybe I just wanted to make you uncomfortable. But my grandparents have been dead since like I was 10. So don't worry. I haven't talked to them. I don't know them. I didn't know them that well. So I'm not offended at all. They're probably rolling in their graves right now. Maybe they're offended that I'm saying this. But yeah, no, I didn't know them. So I'm good. 
No trauma. You know, I think we should move on. <laughs> so that's what's most important to you lately. So what's been really eating at your mind lately? Coming out. Okay. What am I supposed to do for my essay? Like, I like my introduction, like where it's going. Just haven't figured the rest of the 560 words out yet. You know, I like, I don't like talk more about myself in it, but right now I'm like, currently what I have so far and what I have so far in my common app, I'm just parading around with chopsticks. So I don't know where you go from there. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know. I love your coming up, though. I love yours. Yours sounds so sophisticated. I, re- I read one paragraph. It sounds incredibly sophisticated. I love it. Um, I think I just I just love the detail you use. But obviously, the detail's not doing you good because you have a thousand and two hundred words. It's fine. We don't need to talk about me. This is about you. This is about you. So this is what's most important to you now. What do you think will be most important to you? Like after college decisions, all of that. Maybe just like my summer plans will be pretty important because I really want to explore. I really want to get out of the country. I haven't been out of the country since I was like two. So I haven't, I need to get my passport renewed. That's a reminder. But I really want to travel out of the country. I really want to study abroad. I really want to study abroad in Korea because um, I love the food. The idols, they're like, okay. I just, I don't know. They're probably all misogynist. Okay, I can't say that. But um, lovely, lovely food. The entertainment's great until you like look into it and then you're like, oh yeah, maybe everything's like kind of, there's there's a good side and there's a bad side. I tend to overlook the bad things, you know. I don't just can't see it, you know. Like just pretend you can't see it, okay? If it's out of sight, out of mind. So I'm kind of scared that if I go to Korea, though, like I've been kind of hyping up Korea, and I'm kind of scared that if I do go to Korea and it doesn't live up to my expectations, I'll be like disappointed for the trip, and I don't want that to happen. Like I really don't want that to happen. And I'm a little worried because I've been eating a lot of Korean food recently, like just postmating it, Uber eating it. Like I've been doing that a lot recently. I'm tired. I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna get tired of Korean food before I get there. You know. Um, also, can we talk about Korean food prices in New York? They're crazy. They're like, it's like ten dollars for a kimbap roll, and you could get that for like two dollars at in Korea, and it's just like. Why am I paying this much? There should just like, I wish I was in LA. If I was in LA, I went to LA to visit my sister like a few months ago, right? In LA, there's like Korean restaurants, like every single block. And the prices are so good because they have like, they have it, it like a lot of like quantity, right? So it's like higher quantity, lower prices. So I wish I could like live in LA, but and again, LA has a lot of walking. Like you have to walk everywhere. Like I walked 20 minutes from my sister's apartment to get to like the nearest grocery store. Like it was crazy. It's all hills and it sucks. It sucks. I thought I was going to have a heart attack on a hill. Okay. I can't say not really a heart attack. I thought I was going to like plop. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to keel over from not being able to breathe. Like it was, I'm like out of shape and 
me walking up the hill is not a, it's not a pretty sight. Like I was, I was like a hundred steps behind my brother who was walking in front of me. It was bad. It was bad. Okay. Dang again. What was the question? I um, what's been, sometimes what's been eating your mind lately? So I know like you've talked about Korea a lot and I'm seeing this is consistent dream. And when I, um, when I was like researching schools and I heard about study abroad programs, first thing I thought about was you in Korea. So that's, it's an impact. Kind of back. So I know something exciting has happened. It's happening next week. Oh, I'm having a event next week at our school. It's um, orientation. I'm kind of dreading it because I have to give a presentation. I really don't want to. I don't even know if I'll be handed the mic. I feel like they won't hand me the mic for the reason that I get off on tangents a lot and I just might not be responsible with a microphone. So I might not even be giving the presentation. I also, but the bad thing also is that I have to show up there at like, what, eight in the morning every day. And then we stay until like three. Cause I don't know why you guys- It's basically school. It's basically school for three days. And when I can be writing my Common App essay, like I'm so screwed for Common App, but we have this event. It's super exciting because I haven't been back to school in a while. Um, looking forward to seeing all the freshmen and all the sophomores. I can't believe that they haven't been back to school since like seventh grade. That's crazy, isn't that? Yeah, so just for some context, you are the big civ directors. Tell us more about being in that role and that experience. I did a lot more work when we were like first starting out as directors. Like I did like the brunt of the work like in June, May-ish, right? Now I'm kind of just chilling. Like everyone else is so like eager to write these essays and these like emails that I'm kind of just like vibing. All I have to do is read the email, make sure it makes sense and I'll give the okay. So behind the scenes, there's like not much going on. Like we haven't even delved out. Like we haven't even dished out these slides yet for the big sip presentation, right? We have to do that soon because there's like 60 slides and we have to figure out who's saying what. So that's not going to be fun. Um, other than that, I think everyone's chilling. Like I think, I don't even know if the, any teachers will be there because I'm not sure if Cooper and Nasser are going to be there. From what I, I'm feeling, I don't think they're going to be there all the time, but hopefully they're not because we're going to bomb the presentation. Um, what else? I feel like my neck looks fat. I feel like I have a very fat neck. Okay, that was that was. I guarantee that. you, you do not have a fat neck. It's okay. going to be okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, other than that, um, I like. Oh my god. Yeah. Orientation is gonna be fun. Excited for that. Excited to see your face. Are you gonna do you have any questions for me about orientation while we're here? Um I honestly have not read the email like through and through. I'm gonna eat it, not eat it, I'm gonna read it like the day of on the subway on the way there. So I know. Don't I have to be there like an hour early or like 20, 30 years old. Okay, 20, that's fine. Maybe my dad will drive me. Um, so what has been the most exciting thing about this? Um, the process? Yeah. Okay. 
it's fine. The process hasn't been terribly exciting. It's just a lot of work, a lot of stress on top of Common App. Like, I have to get my Common App essay done by the third. So I can like send it out to this Tom guy so he can read it. Is it free? Yeah, free. Okay. But he told me how bad it is. So that's the not third? Bad. Yeah, the third. And you see how much I have. Is that, wait, the third? So September 3rd. Is that like the deadline? Not the deadline for the Common App. It's just deadline for him to read it so he can give back feedback. That's really early. Can you see what I have so far? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just like, honestly, just write random stuff. Just like whatever comes to mind, I guess. I don't even know if I like my introduction that much to keep it. I like it, but I don't know if it's special. I don't know if I'm so doing like- When I read it, I thought, thought it was fine. I think it's interesting. I think it's cute. I don't know if cute is what they're looking for. Honestly, college counselors, if you guys are listening right now, please <laughs> accept Selena Lee from Bronx Science um, to your college because she she needs all the help she can get. LIS6 at bxscience.edu. That's my email. Please accept me. I need this. Yeah, so please help have Selena. You, have you started asking around for like, other people's common apps, like seniors from last year? No, because I don't know who to ask. I kind of want to ask, can you like ask Akane? She got to Princeton with hers. I mean, I'm sure like if you ask Akane, she's going to say yes. So, I mean, I yeah. did she like me enough to say yes? I mean, you could just say, hey, Akane, I would really appreciate it if you um, send me your common app. I love you so much. Thanks. Bye. I'm really. I really could go for some ice cream right now. That's really random. Sorry. Mm. I don't know. Don't know. So, okay. Selena, you are also in the communications department for yeah. the robotics team. I think it's interesting how. Never mind. That's rude. We haven't figured out tryouts yet. Wait, do we even have? I thought we could just do that in September. We could, but I think he. Okay, we'll figure out. In Who is he? <laughs> Morel. Morel wanted us to tutor, but he never got back to me with emails. Most of the time. So we'll, we'll, they can do that next year. Yeah. Um. um Wait, what's going on? Like, I left the Discord robotics for, like, all of them. Nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. I'm surprised. They didn't have any team meetings. I'm surprised. We had no team meetings. Okay, good. So I didn't miss anything. Um, by the way, can you be there for the September 5th? All we have with that Israel team? The September 5th? Yeah, September 5th. I haven't figured out the time yet. I can get back to you on the time. Wait, what is that for? Making new teams. They want us to like make new teams in like New York. Start new teams. So like, do we have the resources for that? Apparently they didn't pay for anything. Like they, the schools funded it themselves. And I mean like the, the people, like that kind of resources, the time, because like, 
Oh yeah, they like it's crazy in Israel. Like they don't have school on Friday, so they could dedicate like so much time to it. I'm thinking that it's possible because just because everything's online, we could just tutor them online. You know? Yeah. So that's why. What are we doing exactly during the meeting? Just listening in. Yeah, just listen in. Any questions? Just post any questions you have. Any like stuff like that. Is it just gonna be like us, or is it gonna be a bunch of teens? Us, um, maidens, and then um, that's it. Wait, I thought you guys already had a meeting. We already had one. They want another one. Why do they want it? Is it the same information or? I don't know. They just want another one. I think they just want to check in. But the thing is, our school doesn't start until September 13th. So we're not really doing <laughs> So we're literally going to tell them we did absolutely nothing from this meeting to that meeting. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's what they want to hear. Or like, why else are we having a meeting? <laughs> okay. I mean, sure. I, I will join in. Okay. okay. Another question I want to know is, what are your thoughts on labor? Labor? Yeah, like work. Like we're, we're about to like go off into the workforce soon. At least supposedly that's what we're supposed to do. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't want to work. I don't want to work a nine to five. I feel like if I work a nine to five, every day is going to be the same and it's going to get boring. I hate when things get boring. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I go off on tangents a lot because I'm easily distracted. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to work a nine to five, like a school day, but longer. Um, every single day with no breaks in between. Well, I mean the lunch break because that would be like, like, that'd be, that'd be human trafficking if like we didn't get any breaks, right? Um, but I don't know how I'm supposed to work a nine to five. Like, I'm not ready for the real, real, oh my God, my stuttering. I'm not ready for the real world just yet. Like, I don't want to pay taxes. I want to live off my parents. I want to like, I don't know. I just want to live off my parents. Like in college, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, honestly, like I'm kind of worried about my like eating habits in college because I'm a pretty picky eater, right? I'm afraid that the only thing I'll be willing to eat is cup noodles. Like I can't cook anything else, right? And the only thing that'll taste good that I make is cup noodles. So my sister's worried that I'm just going to eat cup noodles every single day. But I heard that if you eat cup noodles every single day, you'll you'll lose weight eventually, you know, because it's unhealthy to be eating the same thing over and over again. So maybe it's just like, Maybe it's just a diet, you know, maybe, yeah. But hopefully I go to a college that has a good cafeteria. Like I, I think all of the colleges I have on my college list have good cafeterias. So I'm okay as a writer. Okay. I don't remember the question. I don't remember. Um, the question, I don't remember the question either. Oh, thoughts on labor. Oh, thoughts on labor. Child labor sucks. Human trafficking sucks. But I don't think I can speak on that because I'm too insensitive. I feel like I don't know enough. I would say something really like, I would say something untrue or I would say something so, what's it called? I don't know. I would just say something untrue. So, and I don't have any like facts to support any of this statements I'll make. So I can't really speak on labor. But work sucks. I'm like currently thinking of going into ComSci. I think I can wow. maybe handle a nine to five comp side job. But I don't know if I can handle anything else. Like I don't know if I would be able to handle like a a job a job in finance nine to five. Like I don't know how finance guys do it. They stare at numbers all day. Like 
they probably were prepared for the pandemic because they already had blue light glasses. I have blue light glasses. Oh, are you wearing them right now? Yes, these are my blue light glasses. Have they helped? I don't know. They, like when I first started wearing them, like the world just started looking really yellow and I was so confused. Then I realized it was my glasses. Oh, did you get did you get them knowing they were blue light or did you just get them? I knew that, but I didn't know it would change the color of the world. I've got I've gotten pretty used to it. Like my wall looks kind of my wall just looks kind of yellow. So the more more I read this essay, the girls, I don't want to say her name, I don't want to diss her, but I'm just thinking like that essay isn't great. Like I could so my essay shouldn't be that bad, right? Because my essay might be at that level, right? And if, if that got into her, that if that got her into college, then wow, they're going places. Well, I feel like um she applied to like a particular program, so like something else must have boosted her. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, all the programs she applied to had like ten subs, so that's probably it too. Yeah, and I noticed that you said you wanted to go into computer science, so I wanted to know your relationship with computer science, with science. It's like your, what's the role of science in your life? I don't know, science is everywhere. I don't know. Um, I just took physics this year, did well on my AP, so now I know how things sort of work. I know that there's gravity. Wait, I always knew that there was gravity. I know, I know that objects in the and a space will fall at the same rate because weight does not affect gravity. That's one of the fun facts I know now. Um, what else do I know? I don't know a lot of things. I didn't, I didn't like keep a lot of the things I learned in physics. But in terms of like computer science, science, I like loved comp sci. I loved the class. Miss Chu was great. She was such a nice teacher. She kept us all engaged she like she was super nice I think I think your teacher has a plays a big role in like how you end up liking the course because honestly if I had a mean teacher I probably wouldn't have even thought of deciding to like major in comp science so I'm kind of glad that I had Miss Chu um I'm thinking now that like hey there might be there might be like a possibility of me being in comp site um Either that or I'm applying undecided. I think, but I'm afraid that if I apply undecided, I won't be able to transfer into the course because if there's like no space, you know? So I think best bet just apply comp side, but I don't know if I have the background for comp side. Hopefully they just, hopefully college admission officers are just having a great day, a field day that day, right? And they decide to admit every single student they read, right? Or, I could be the student they get right after a lunch break, you know, because they're all in a good mood. They just had lunch, you know, their bellies are full, right? And they're reading this essay and they're like thinking, oh my God, that that yogurt was so good. Oh, the student, she likes yogurt. Admit her in, admit her in, you know? That's like what I'm thinking about right now. Um, in terms of other possible careers, I thought about finance, but I don't, Again, I don't know how they can sit through a nine to five. Also thought about communications, but I thought that 
I feel like communication is the major is so general that if you just like major in anything else, you'll get like that communication. Like, I, I don't want to say this, but like, I feel like a major in communications makes the same amount of difference as a minor in communications. Like you don't really need a major to like get that communications aspect down, you know? That's just my two cents and like why I chose CompSci. Like CompSci is interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I interviewed Jillian last week, yeah, exactly a week ago, and she also wants to major in comp sci. So I just wanted to know, like, what is it about computer science that really interests you? I think, for one, it, it seems to be that won't be terribly boring. Like, you'll always be doing something different, like working on a new piece of code, right, solving a task I think it's just really satisfactory like status like the satisfaction is through the rooms when you can like finally crack the code like you don't know why your code works but it works right and it's so satisfying to be able to see your code like compute and run right so I think that's a large aspect into like why I enjoyed it I always like want to I think a big part of me is just I always want to see like like the results of my hard work, right? And determination. Like if I can't see the results, then I'm not going to try as hard. Like I think I like, I think when I'm trying new things, I always like quit prematurely because I don't see the fruits of my labor, you know, that like that whole analogy, like I don't see the fruits of my labor. So I like get upset and I quit like halfway through. But like with coding, you can see like the code working like bit by bit and then like, stop somewhere and you're like you'll know like oh I need to finish that or oh I'll like need to fix that and once everything runs smoothly like even if you don't know why it's running um and when everything runs smoothly it's so satisfying so I think that's the part of coding I like so interesting because Jillian said something super similar about why she likes computer science because you get that one desired outcome I think similar to what you're saying you get to see the results and that's actually, and you said like every day would be different with coding. And I think that's also why my mom went into computer science. My mom actually thought computer science is easy. I'm not sure if you think it's easy. <laughs> but she said that she likes computer science just because it's like different. Google engineer, Google worker. No, she works for Bloomberg. Bloomberg. You should like get Bloomberg to hook us up with more money. <laughs> I literally have zero power over that, but it's okay. Okay, so now that we've discussed the role of science in your life, what's the role of art in your life? Oh, I used to be obsessed with art. Like, I go through my artistic phases where I'll just want to draw something, right? But um, I, I tried art in middle school, but I was like, my parents never put me into art classes because in middle school I was doing piano, right? And they don't want me to quit piano, but I like ended up quitting like my eighth grade year. Like I hated piano, hated it, absolutely. My piano teacher was so mean to me. Like if you're listening now, you were so mean to me. I like didn't quit because I wanted to take a break. I quit because I didn't want to play piano anymore and I hated your guts. Um, I remember my piano teacher was so mean. Maybe it was my fault that I didn't practice, but he didn't he didn't make practicing fun, okay? He didn't he didn't really like every time I did something wrong, he'd like yell at me or look at me disappointingly, right? And that is traumatizing. That is trauma 101, okay? So I 
absolutely hated his guts, hated piano even more. Um, I remember one time when I was playing the piano, like I was playing a piece for him. I couldn't get it right. I think it was like our fourth week on the same piece, right? And he just like brushed my hands off the piano and like slammed the lid closed. And I like, I have nightmares to this day. No, I don't, but like figuratively, I still have nightmares. Um, I hated piano, but sometimes art, art is good. I like wanted to get into art. Maybe if I did lessons, then maybe I wouldn't have like, maybe I would have experienced that same thing where I got a bad art teacher and I hated art too. But my brother was in art classes. I was always jealous of him as a kid because he got art classes. Um, sometimes I'll get like that artistic spark and I'll like want to do something artistic, right? But it doesn't look great. Like I, and I'll always blame my lack of artistic talent on the fact that I don't have like Copic markers. I don't have an iPad pro or Apple pen, you know, you know, I'll make excuses for myself, but yeah, sometimes I like art. Sometimes I just don't care for it at all. What I, if I could become an artist, I would, but I I think that's fun. Like, I think that's not terribly boring. I think that's pretty interesting, actually. Um, but my art is like chicken scratch, chicken scratch, like something you would see in a kindergarten, like art book or something like that. Also, do the um, remember from elementary school? There was a those S's, those like yes, like, weird, like S's. I still do those now. That's like that peak of my artistic talent. Okay, so have you, what about like movies, um, books? What about that? The last book I read in full was probably in middle school. <laughs> like all those reading books, some reading books that we've been tasked to read, like last year's, I didn't read like fully. Like I, it was um, Barack Obama's biography, right? After like the halfway point, it just gets really, really boring. Like, Maybe if, if I, I don't know, his like second part of his life is like much more interesting than the first part. But after reading the first part, it was just like, I was already like, oh, this is like too much. Like I can't finish reading. This is like too much for me. So I like quit that halfway through. And then all the books that we've been tasked to read in like high school, like I think The Great Gatsby had to read, but I like didn't read certain chapters. Like I would just like spark notes it, right? And then like, some days I would read the chapters. I think I read 75% of the chapters, but Spark Notes like 25% of them, right? And I've been doing that for the last few years in high school. And it's it's done me well. I've, I've like averaged like a 97 English, right? So you don't have to read a book to understand the gist of it. Spark Notes is, has your back, right? You'll, you'll get more from Spark Notes than you'll get from reading it. Like I I'm so bad at understanding like what's going on. So like Spark Notes like works better for me. Um, the last book I read was probably in middle school. Um, I think it was might have been Pachinko or even um, The Glass Castle by Janae Walls. Glass Castle by Janae Walls is one of my favorites. So good. You should read it if you get the time. Um, but yeah, don't read that much. In terms of movies and shows, I've been watching a lot of like CSI related shows like psychological thrillers like Criminal Minds is really good I watch that in my like if I have a lot of a spare time I don't watch that like every day I watch it like maybe once every week um today I started a new kind of related series called Criminal right so it's like very similar to Criminal Minds in that like they catch like people right but it's more just like the interview process, right? Not like actually actively catching them. It's just catching them in an interview, right? So it's different from criminal minds in that sense. 
Um, yeah, I think I also started a series on Amazon Prime called Psychic, like last week. I don't know if it's called Psychic, but I think it might be called Psychic. I it's called Psych? Like, Psych, With yeah. the two people, the private yeah. investigator? Yeah, 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 that one. Um, but I think more often than not, I'm watching Hell's Kitchen by Gordon Ramsay. Love Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. Can I have an autograph, please? Um, love him i've been watching a lot of his shows i've uh in the first like half of vacation summer break um i was watching a lot of um not hell's kitchen but his other show wait let me search it out real quick what about what are your thoughts on dance moms and abby lee miller wasn't she arrested and then she like got back like last year and then she picked it up again yeah like, I think I think it's entertaining but I can see how it's like psychologically traumatizing it's definitely psychologically traumatizing all of that moms there are crazy like they're they might be crazier than my, my mom um one of the stars in the show just like went on to TikTok and reacted to his part in dance moms the kid who just like calmly puts on his airpods like while listening to all the moms duke it out right that kid he was on TikTok um he was like the chillest person there. He was on, um, he was reacting to his role in the show. Um, yeah, I think like, I don't, I don't watch dance moms a lot. Like Gordon Ramsay is my kind of, I am not Abby Lee Miller. Oh, well, I, I've been watching dance moms a lot. I don't really like Abby, but like, it's just, it's so sad and so heartbreaking, but like the drama, it is so good. The drama is really good. And that's what I'm really here for. So what, what is something that we in society just accept that you think should require more interrogation? What? What is something that we in society, we just like accept it, we just pass by it, but you think should require more interrogation? That's yeah. a whole cancel culture I feel like we cancel everyone nowadays like maybe maybe it is deserved okay like half the time it is deserved half the time it's like that happened like 20 years ago so do they really need to be canceled for that like maybe maybe this is like radical for me to say maybe this is like maybe I'm borderline like being offensive right now. I'm probably am being offensive right now but I feel like there are things that we don't need to cancel people on like saying not even the n-word just a derogatory word like 10 years ago on twitter or something and getting canceled that i know that um jenna marbles got canceled like a year like in um quarantine she didn't really she got canceled she um left before she could feel the full weight of her cancellation you know she owned up to all her mistakes which happened like 10 plus years ago um and she like just left YouTube and I don't know if she should have left YouTube. Like she was a great, like she was, and she was, she was like the least problematic person on YouTube. Um, also just the fact that like you cancel people and sometimes like, it's not even like the full story. Like um, there was this Disney star who's getting canceled for saying, uh, because someone edited her 
edited the audio and like apparently like the audio had the n-word in it and it looked like she was saying the n-word so she got canceled for that but she like i don't know how reliable this is because like she did say the n-word in other videos but she's not getting canceled for those videos she's getting canceled for the altered video right so i don't know um i think people are too quick to hop onto the bandwagon like I'd say give it a month, like give the person a month before you like figure out if this stuff is real and then like cancel them. I know K-pop stars are getting canceled right now, like left and right, left, right and center. They're getting canceled, full-blown canceled. Like it is so bad. Like just, just wait it out. Um, there was a thought I had earlier about cancellation that I can't remember right now. Like I just, it just slipped my mind. Like there was something else I wanted to talk about, but it slipped my mind. So I don't know where I'm going with this now. I think I'm just going off into a tangent now. Um, what else? What else? What was the question again? What is something that we in society just accept, but you think requires more interrogation? What would you think? Like, how would you answer the question? Why not? I think our use of language, um, especially the one that I can think of most right now, I think like the way we use language in these, um, I don't know what they're called, like these idioms and these common phrases are more pernicious than we think. For example, I read this book called Goodbye to All That by Johnny Sun. And it's just like basically sort of vignette It's like sort of fragments that he's written like during the pandemic. And he's reflecting on many things like, growing houseplants, but also productivity and capitalism and all of that. And one of the sections that stood out to me was when he wrote about, like he said he's trying to be more careful about his languages. So when we say things like, I spent time to do this, I, and like for the word spent is very, so much ingrained in like capitalism and money, but like not every activity should be related to capitalism. Something should be for the fun of it. But when we're saying we spend time to do it, it sounds like a transaction is happening. Exchange of money is happening. And it doesn't have to be an exchange. We could just do things because we want to do them. And I really love that. Wait, but what word would you substitute spend with? For example, if I, if I were to say, um, let's say I say, I spent time to read this book. I could say, I took time to read this book. Doesn't take also insinuate a transaction? No, because for example, if I like take something off of the ground, I'm not really, there's no transaction between two people or something like that. Okay, but I think in the scenario that you, like I took time to do this, I took your money. <laughs> like, I think it take could also be a um, capitalist word. It's like spent implies that you gained something out of it, whereas took implies like, that you gained something out of it. <laughs> okay, let me rethink about, let me rethink this. Okay, it made so much sense to me when I read it. I think the, it's just, there's so many words that can be associated with capitalism if you wanted to make them associated with capitalism right if you like connected it like try to connect it you probably could like I there's so many things I could connect with like 
poverty, right? And I can make it connect, right? It does that mean like it's a bad thing that they do connect? Like it's just like, is it just? Like, I mean, I guess it's a little complicated, but the way that I see it is that it's just so strange how we. Okay, let me go back to the spend thing because okay, let me let me think. When you spend money on something, you give something in return for something else. Whereas if you took something, you don't have to you're not expecting well you didn't have to give anything for that. but in like elementary school we like learn the word spend right before we learn like the second connotation like we learn the connotation spend like oh did you guys like spend time with your families today like we don't learn like the money aspect or the capitalism aspect until later like after like we learn it in the like connotation with family right so are we really like is society really ingrained in capitalism or are we just like trying to make thoughts connect when they don't really have to connect? I mean, I think, obviously, I think our brains are operating differently. Like when I think about language, I think about, I, I guess some would say I overthink it. Would you say that? I think a little bit. I think this, this theory is definitely overthinking. I, I think this is one of those like anti-capitalist like movements. Like <laughs> I feel like yeah, language is we think it's so small. Like I could say so many words in a minute, and to some people, even to me, it could mean absolutely nothing. But I think words carry so much weight, and I just like also try to stay away from expecting this transaction that I have to do something to gain something and obviously there are things in life that you have to do to gain something but I wouldn't want that to be so much ingrained in money and money making if you're actively trying to avoid like capitalist ideas isn't it okay if you use the word spend right because you're actively trying to avoid like having it like associate with capitalism so why do you have to change the way you talk so other people know that you don't associate with capitalism? Because you already, in your own mind, you're like, okay, like I'm actively aware that this might be associated with capitalism and I'm not trying to have it be associated with capitalism. So why do you have to change the way you talk or the verbs you use so that other people like might not think you're associating spend with capitalism? It's not for other people. Though if other people pick up on it, Although it is kind of minor, but I usually pay very heavily attention, pay so much attention to language as I do. Um, like when I say, oh, I spent $5 to get the can this candy bar. Um, yeah, that I would use it in that context because that's um, when I think of spend, the primary definition is to spend money on something. But I don't really want to use the word spend in any other context because I don't want it to feel transactional. When I spend spend time with someone, I don't want to spend time with someone. I want to take time to hang out with someone. Like I'm taking time. I'm being almost like selfish, like to the system. The system tells us that we have to like there needs to be some sort of charge that can happen. No, no, there does not.
Maybe I'm not explaining it correctly. I kind of understand, like, you're being selfless and that you're taking your time to spend with someone instead of, like, hoping that they, like, looking for that transaction from them back. I kind of understand where you're going, but I think this is just something you do for yourself. Like, it won't, you, like, being you um being mindful or or aware of like the words your the words you use and their connotations right won't have an impact on like other people's like word choice or other people's okay. can I just read out the section I think it explains it so much more coherently than I am and okay. I just want to see your thoughts on it it's called unnatural words once again this is goodbye Goodbye again by Johnny Sun, unnatural words. I've tried to become more attentive to the words that treat natural elements of ourselves as currency, paying attention, spending time, wasting energy. I've tried to catch myself whenever I use words and phrases like this. And when I do, I try to use other words, giving my attention, sharing my time, using my energy. And I have to go against this immediate split-second resistance to using words that do not promise that I get something in return for spending myself on something. Even though I don't want to feel this way, even though I know this is a reaction learned from a culture of work and production and commodification, it still gives me a brief gut reaction of feeling ripped off. I get to talk about giving myself away without any promise of getting anything back. This language contributes to a belief that we are nothing more than human-shaped machines mining our natural resources for value. But in some terrible trick, it also somehow comforts me to know that I have all sorts of currencies that naturally come for me that I can spend. And I hate that this is comforting in a way that simply knowing I have myself to give and to share is not. I think, I think, I think, that makes a little bit more sense but in the words that he uses like sharing my time it is I think it has that implication where you're doing an act of good which like you're doing something that should be like praised right you're sharing you're taking the time to share this you're taking the time to do that I feel like that's glorifying yourself I feel like he's just making himself feel better in a capitalist society you know like I'm sharing this, I'm taking the time to do this. Like it's it's it makes it seem like he is like he doesn't necessarily have to be doing that, right? It's just he wants to be doing it out of the goodness of his heart. I think it glorifies people, right? It just makes them it's a feel-good thing. It's a feel-good thing. And I think it might <laughs> I get what you're saying, but you don't have to say you're sharing your time. You can just say you're using your time. Like, I mean, words, like, it's so much up to interpretation. I know this other book, An Earth of Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vaughn. I think I talked about it. I love the title. Um, he also writes about something similarly, but in relation to a tox to toxic masculinity and the words that we use. Um... I don't know where it is exactly. I could try to find it right now. It was really poignant when I read it. What are the words he Um, When he says like, oh, when people say something like, 
and that some poem killed me or something like you're killing it at your job you're like there is a violence associated with it in its language and yes we are exaggerating but does that exaggeration do we do we need to exaggerate and do we, do we need to involve violence in this and he thinks that's what perpetuates a toxic a masculinity that is toxic i'm appraising people using language wow. that yeah I can, I can get by that a lot better than i can get by other guys thing okay because i think we can, as a society, we can veer off that. But I think telling people that, like, using, like, telling people that certain words have, like, certain verbs have a connotation because they're associated with capitalism isn't, like, very, what's it called, very um, effective, right? I don't think, well, I, I think that language is super powerful. And even if it doesn't affect anyone else, like, in my like in myself, I don't want to say I feel better by using it, but I feel like I feel more in control of all of society's problems if I can change my language use consciously because I'm actively erasing, maybe you don't agree with this, but I'm actively erasing what society is telling me and that it's bad. I mean, like personally, I know how difficult it is to erase like all like this toxicity quote unquote um like with what ocean vong says um about um violence in our culture and how pernicious it is and how including it in our language use may not i think he writes about not so much as to condemn it entirely but to make us think about how um, language and our culture are associated with each other. I think, yeah, I think not necessarily saying killing it or like break a leg encourage toxic masculinity. I can see it more so just a violent culture, like a culture with like guns, weapons, like crime. I can see that more so than like toxic masculinity. I think toxic masculinity is like connecting dots again, you know, like with the other thing, right? But like I think that's a good argument for like a violent culture or like a crime culture perpetuating a yeah so those are just two examples I really love I also read another book called cultish by Amanda Montel it's about like different cults in our society and she also does include like um how even in some religious texts and religious language like um the capitalist language is used and that's where MLMs come in that you should read the book if you're interested in it but yeah okay so wh what do you what did you make of that what we just discussed i think i think it's bad to ask me because i don't think i care enough like like if i'm being honest like i don't presently care enough about actively changing society like i'm not like, I know, like, things in society need to change. I know that things in society aren't, like, in, are inequitable, are suck. Um, there's so many, like, systems that aren't corrupt, are just bad, right, and need to change. But I don't see myself becoming this because I, like, I, I don't, 
like I, I see where these points are being made, right? But I don't think I would change anything in my, like, how I talk or how I behave right now, listening to these points, right? Maybe in like a few years when I'm done with college, when I'm done stressing out about school, I'll have more time to devote to like my personal beliefs, like actively changing the way I behave and act to correspond with my own beliefs, right? Maybe I'll have time later in, like in life. I don't see myself like changing right now. Yeah, um, I I don't think like language use is the biggest battle you can pick. Definitely no, but I think seeing that connection between culture and language is super interesting. And if like if uh, you don't have to change your language, I don't want to force you to. But I want to. I like being conscious. Yeah. So what is an event that you've experienced or seen like, at that moment, just at, like a special moment, it just made so much sense to you in a world that is always leaning towards entropy. At least I, that's what I think. Do you have an event? Cause I'm like a little bit confused. I, um, something that just made so much sense to me, not to bring up Ocean Wrong again, but like reading makes so much sense to me when um, I reread something over and over and then I notice something new that that makes so, so much sense to me but this is something different when I read the poem in Newport I watched my father lay his cheek to a beach dolphin's wet back I remember like coming into my room sobbing I don't remember why I was but I just like Robotic? No, I don't know why. I just came into my room and then I just like picked, picked this poetry book up. Like maybe there's something in here that will save me. And I just remember reading that certain poem and hearing about this father's capability for so much tenderness, but so much violence. And like maybe that doesn't explain the entire world. Maybe that doesn't explain every single human being on this earth, but it just made so much sense to me. And I went from crying sad tears to happy tears. It's also because of the language in this one poem is so beautiful. And that event just made so much sense to me. Like I, even though I was crying uncontrollably, I felt more in control or maybe even less in control, but in a good way. And that's what made sense to me. Oh, okay. Not to like, about this, but I recently, um, like this is recently, I don't know, like I'm pretty sure I've had those moments before, but I can't pick them off the top of my head. This like, this happened like yesterday or like the day before, right? Um, recently, or like, no, the event happened a few days ago, but I read up on it like a few days ago, right? So um, I recently read this, suicide note left by this 14 year old Chinese girl in China. Her name's um, Jiang. I, I know I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation. I just want everyone to know that I'm, my best language is English. I cannot speak that much Chinese, okay? So Jiang Wenyu, her name is, right? She left a suicide note. And I think it, um, wait, I'll share it with you. But I think it just, I think, it 
put into words like a lot of the feelings I felt when I was younger. I never like acted on my suicidal tendencies. I never like cut myself or anything, but I feel like that feeling of being trapped like is what I felt when I was younger. Now it's a lot better. Now my parents are chill. I don't know why they were so like until when I was in elementary school and my like worries were just like if a light switch would flick on or not. I don't know. Like they were crazy when I was in elementary school and now they're not. But um yeah I think it like for a 14 year old she articulates like her like feelings and thoughts so well. And I think like it's I think what she's saying could be like very um very relatable to other um to other Asian Americans with like tiger moms, tiger dads, like just really strict parents, right? She articulated in a way so well, like that, like I was just like, oh, if I were to ever write a suicide note, like I could not have written it better, you know? <laughs> She's not really depressing, but like, um, I think there was this one line that I really liked. Um, oh, it's the first line. I was honored to have met you in this life, but if there is a next, let's not meet again. I think that's a beautiful line. Um, well, sad knowing the connotation, but I think she wrote it so well. It was just like an aha moment. Like, like I know like other people have had tiger moms and have tiger moms and tiger dads, right? But I think this essay just like this note just really like solidified like that. Like, I'm not alone in like that. Like, it, it, I don't even know if I can say that because I don't have strict parents anymore. Like, this was like a few years ago, so maybe like when I was in that place in time, like I, this would have been a really like good ass, good note to read. Like, mm -hmm. but other people feel the same because I think a lot of times we will we'll, like cry and like be like, no one understands us, but like there are other people living the same like very real situation in their own lives. So I really like the note. Are you reading it? It's really good. Um, I am not reading the suicide note right now, but. Hopefully, I will get a chance to read it later. So well, well, well articulated. Like I have so much, like I have so much sympathy and empathy for her. Hope she's in a better place right now. Mm. So the next question I wanted to ask you was, how do you? Never mind. Like, what's an idea that you've thought about recently? It's really just fascinating. Fascinating ideas. I'm not like I'm not um, philosophical. I think my ideas are very basic. Like I like cheese. Million billion other people like cheese. Like I think my level of thinking is very basic. So I don't I don't even know how I'm gonna function in the top twenty school with like thinking like mine. So <laughs> But um, I'm a pretty basic person. I don't have any like really deep thoughts. Um, I'll try to think of one, but I don't think I can come up with one. Off the top of my dome, off the top of my noggin. Like I don't have any super philosophical ideas. What about you, Cadence? Also, Cadence, did you get your hair cut? Maybe, not sure. Probably sometime in the summer, but I don't remember when. Oh, okay. You have? a revolutionary thought or idea that you would like to share? Maybe not revolutionary, but maybe an idea I've been thinking, I've honestly just been thinking about time and productivity. 
lately and the ideology of whiteness in our society a lot. That's what I've been thinking about. Um, like, especially like, because I want to be an English major or do something in the humanities, I've just been thinking about like looking through these course guides and just like remembering how just like white um, these books are. And of course there are like certain classes that speak, but um, each particular cultural um, types of literature. But yeah, something that I've been having a hard time reconciling in myself, just like which we only have so much time on this earth, so much time to read certain books in this lifetime. We can't read them all, obviously. And I've just been thinking about, do I wanna read this book? written by this white author, which has been lauded by historians, by um, scholars, or do I, do I wanna read this other book, which is more diverse as some would say. And I've also just been thinking about when we, when like a tragedy happens to a certain group and a bunch of books get recommended I just am thinking about how they're regarded as a teaching moment rather than something that is viewed as a work of art. Why should we view people's experiences as a teaching moment? Why don't we view people as people, dynamic human beings? Yeah, that's just been what I've been thinking about recently. Good thinking point. I think like I've thought I've definitely like thought about that. Like my my sister is super into um things like that like she's super into like um social justice right and um I feel like she's talked about this where she wants to like like she's been trying to actively read from Asian American authors and trying to avoid like um old white people <laughs> she read on earth for briefly gorgeous she I think she she knows his name she like she knows that he's critically acclaimed she She's heard of him, but I don't know if she's read the book in full. She recognized the book and she knows that he's coming out with a book like this year. I think. Yeah, I know. Time and some other. I'm super excited for that book. Um, like I think it's April something. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's when that's when applications, when decisions are revealed. So I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that book. I, just, I don't know how like I don't know how I feel about implementing it in my own life because I don't like the idea of just reading a book just because of diversity, right? It makes it feel like fake or like forced, right? So I'm not actively seeking out like books to diversify my like um my reading, especially because I just don't read in general. But I think I'm I'm trying to make like trying to make I'm trying to read more Asian American books. I think I've read a, a lot already. I think um I read, I really enjoyed Pachinko. Um, also read uh, Life of the Geisha, which was really good. Um, and I think um, The Glass Castle is by a white author, but she was like poor, right? She grew up extremely poor in that she mm, skipped town like every month because her parents couldn't afford like pay the bills right so 
I think my reading is sort of wait, but Life of a Geisha, a Geisha was written by a white guy. So I don't know how diverse I'm getting. So um, when I think about reading diversely, obviously, um, I think we are pushed certain books that people think we should read. Like your English is usually telling us like, this book is good, this book is good. And it's by a white person. And I don't think we should, like at least because like I'm interested in studying literature, I don't think we should immediately rule out all the books by white authors because they have been influential. And I think if you do want to uh, make a change, you obviously don't have to read the books by white authors, but you could always analyze them and see the role that race has in it. Um, you could um, try to see, just like try to look through it, look at the book through that lens. But also I think this idea of diversifying your bookshelf, I mean, there is, I get your sentiment that, oh, I feel like I'm only reading this book because I have to diversify my bookshelf. But I think there's also this sense this idea that we are pushed certain books and like I said like before being conscious we need to be conscious about the books that we're reading so how I view when I'm reading these quote-unquote diverse books I um I don't I view it more as I want to I want to read it for the language I want to read it for the ideas I want to read it for all of that for the full experience rather than just reading it because I need to know about how life was like for this certain group of people at this certain time. It's more of viewing this entire book as a work of art and studying it for me. Okay, okay. I, I definitely that. Um, I was gonna say something, like I had a thought that I thought was good, but forgot it. Forgetting everything. I should probably just keep a pen and paper like so I can write down my thoughts. Um, yeah, you might have to get back to me. Like, I'm lost. Like, I was going to say something, but it just, like, escaped me as soon as I opened my own. Um, oh, I was, okay, now that we're, like, talking about coming up, colleges, like, we're thinking about that, um, I saw this really cool quote, which was just, like, um, I think it was, like, a TED Talk kind of situation where the um, woman was, like, oh, like, you don't have to accomplish anything when you're 20. You don't have to accomplish anything till you're 30. You don't have to accomplish anything till you're 40. Like, heck, I didn't even start painting until I was 60, right? And I think a lot of my life has been, like, really just comparing myself with others, right? And that, like, I feel like I'm never doing enough, right? And just, like, listening to that quote, like, just taking a deep breath, like, figuring out, like, figuring out, okay, I might not, like, accomplish anything significant until, like, I'm 50, but I shouldn't, like, tear myself down just because I haven't accomplished it yet. Like, Picasso's paintings never sold until he was dead, right? So, I think, I think I, I should just treat, like, every day as a learning experience and not, like, I have to stop, like, constantly comparing myself to Sky Lamb. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's so specific Skylam is so nice he does so much he's like honestly a genius like he he's probably our school's only genius I mean Jack's also kind of a genius but like they're like Wait, who Jack's yeah he's really good at coding Jack Hankin yeah 
Oh, okay. And he's like a different type of genius, you know? So, but Sky, Sky has, he's like well-rounded in everything. Sky was in my middle school. Did you know know that Sky is interning for NASA right now? Cool. Cool, right? Oh my God. But good on him. I just need to stop like tearing myself down over things like this. I'll get into mm-hmm. college, hopefully. I mean, I guess it's nice that he's interning for NASA, obviously. Like, that, that's wonderful. But think about yourself, Selena, you know? What do you like? You I like your family. family. I want to stay oh, home. Yeah. Home, home. I don't want to go to work. I don't know. Like, this idea of comparing yourself to others, I guess, like, I remember like being young and our parents comparing you to like other Asian kids. Yeah. So obviously like that has been ingrained since like childhood. But I don't know, this idea of comparing yourself to others. I know a quote by Ocean Ball. Again, I keep on mentioning this guy, but I think he's an incredible writer. I love all of his work. I want to see what he does next. I want to follow his work for the for as long as he writes. I'm just like I'd be scared to be a writer. I feel like I would be terrified to be Ocean Vuong because, like, imagine having such a good first seller for first book, right? How do you live up to those expectations? I I don't know. I think he he feels like a super spiritual person. To me, he's Buddhist. I don't know. I feel like success is not on his mind after reading. Him all his interviews, listening to his interviews. Really love the guy. He's feels, at least to me, he feels very value-based. And I know something that he wrote, like on Instagram story or something, it was like, don't envy someone's success, envy someone's craft. Especially like writers want, compare themselves to like so many different writers, even though um, like if you're comparing yourself to Tolstoy, why are you comparing yourself to Tolstoy? This guy lived at a different time. He had different privileges. He was super rich. He had a different writing style from you. And like after reading so many amazing authors, so many amazing authors have so many different writing styles. If you're going to be comparing yourself to all of them, you're never going to be able to write. But envying their craft, find someone whose craft you really love um, and just study it. When you envy someone's craft, it's not entirely a bad thing. I mean, envy is associated with pain, but you could take it upon yourself to not be pained with that and to love the craft, love the language, love it all, and try to do that for yourself. And it's not like, it sounds very typical, but like for him, it's just not about success. But I think in this society, it feels so much like it should be, like we should, we have to be successful. Maybe aside from capitalism, again, ingrain everything we say. Exactly. I needed someone to say that. Okay. So, like, do you have anything else to say on that? I don't think so. I talked it out. I think we're really bringing it right now. Yeah. So, how do you perceive time? At this moment of time, you are 17 years old applying to college I did not think that would happen to me I don't want to stress you out even more but it's a fact of life right now that this is what's happening like I know what college I really want to go to 
which is Columbia. Please, Columbia Missions, if you hear this, I love Please. so much. Please accept me. Do you like the campus and all? What do you like in particular? Well, I love the campus. I love in particular the um, the teachers, how they teach and how they're always like so, I think, passionate. Like it's really admirable how passionate they are about their craft. Like I had this really cool, chill finance guy. I did a course under him. His name was Raj, like Mr. Raj. And he was so passionate about what he did. He always stayed behind like an hour after the class ended for office hours if anyone had a question. So and this was all during his like free time, like during like off work hours, right? He didn't have to do anything. And like they always like encourage like work ethic. They always encourage you to write any emails, ask questions. I think the environment in the classroom is really nice. Um, just how they always emphasize questions and I think diversity even, because I think a lot of teachers, a lot of the Columbia teachers, I did three courses so far, right? Um, they were just immersion programs. Um, all, all three of my teachers were super like big on diversity. I know my blockchain teacher brought in like females, like specifically females just for that like inclusion of females in STEM. He wanted to really solidify that like, oh yeah, like like females are up and coming in STEM. Um, my finance teacher had brought in like a guest speaker too. And then my um, my programming and speed teacher, he really just, I think, encouraged like the females students to participate a lot more. And it was, I love the environment. They were all so nice. They were like old, like they weren't old, but they were like very like grandpa-like, you know? I don't know how to explain it. They were super inviting. I don't know. I don't remember what the question was, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think the question was, how do you perceive time? Oh, oh, I was, wait, how do I get from how you perceive time to that? Oh, 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 okay. Um, how do I perceive time? I think time is so weird and that like some things like you'll have so much fun doing something and then time will go by so fast right but when you're doing something you absolutely hate it's just like it goes by so slowly and I wish it could be reversed because I'm trying to like live out the moments I enjoy and like I'm trying to like rush by like my homework all these assignments my common app like and it's weird because like I feel like in the moment you feel like time is just a social construct but then like in few years time you'll be like oh my god time passed by so fast like I didn't even feel that like 10 years ago I was like college was not it was like I thought about it but like I didn't ever think I was ever going to make it to applications like I don't it feels a little bit surreal having to go through applications right now so yeah I think time's weird time is one of the weirdest things yeah <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. I think everything you said is really smart. What do you What do you think about time? Wait, I'm still thinking about time. I'm waiting for Oshman to release that book so I can develop some coherent thoughts right now. Um, but like the way I still I still want more time to think about time. I, everyone wants more time. I think mo- most people want more time. Time is money. Yeah. Time currency. Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
how I perceive time. Time is a strange thing, obviously. And I think of our perception of time has been so warped. Um, like there is this super imposition of where we should be at a certain point in our life, in our lives. And if we can get ahead of that, if you can go to college, if you go to Harvard at age 12, you, you won, you won the time lottery, you won the lottery of life. But yeah, just there are certain checkpoints that we need to meet certain points in our lives. 17 years old, 16 years old, you need to be applying for college. And that's scary. Also, this idea that, an idea I've also been thinking about frequently is, like, I know Taylor Swift says it a lot in her songs. Like, I think time can heal most anything. That's, that's a lyric from Fearless. Like, I know time can heal most anything. Also, like, her reputation era to her lover era just shows, like, how time has progressed and, like, how she's able to get better. But I think there's this idea that with time, we will get better. And I feel like that's just not an idea that I super agree with. I think that narrative is just too perfect. I think Joseph is an idealist. She's never really like, she's kind of a little bit naive and she's never like, her friend group is very like, um, very, like a very just- White and skinny. Yeah, just a safe space. It's white and skinny and then you have Selena Gomez in there. Um, uh, sorry, Selena. I thought they were besties. I think they were besties. I think they are. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm honestly still thinking about time. I'm thinking about time constantly. How do you perceive love? Love is weird. I feel like I say I love you to like a lot of people, right? I feel like, no, I don't say I love you to a lot of people because I don't have any friends, but I feel like to everyone I'm close with, like I, I would say I love you too, right? I'd say I love you to you. I feel like I use I love you interchangeably with I like you. And that's probably bad. Like I've never really, like I've never had that aha moment. Like I'm in love, you know, I've never had that like really distinct moment where I was like, wait, is this love? Um, so I don't know how like to define love. Like, I don't know if Maybe I just need to get out into the real world, experience a heartbreak, and then figure out I was in love to figure out what love is. You know, I think love is a weird feeling. I think with your family, you don't feel love a lot because I feel like you're with your family all the time. You can't be constantly feeling love, you know, like you don't know. Like, I think since you're in love with your family, I feel like since you feel love around your family all the time, you don't really feel love. I don't know if that makes sense because like, it's just a normal continuing feeling, right? You feel this all the time. It's just like, is there like really something special? Like, I think with my family, I don't know if I could define like why I love them or like how I love them or how I know I love them, right? But I feel like with like an outside party, I like would be able to answer those questions pretty easily or like be able to tell if I'm in love pretty easily, right? I don't know. I feel like I just went into like, I feel like I, um, I feel like I contradict myself a lot in that statement. I don't know. Love is weird. Who 
if someone you feel is who you know is radically different from you and what do you have in common besides blood and being a human? I think I'm radically different from my sister. I feel like my sister's a lot more, she thinks, she definitely thinks before she speaks. She's very calculated. Um, she knows what she likes and she is very hardworking. She'll like work hard to get what she wants, right? I on the other hand, I'm a little like lost. Like I feel like I'm perpetually lost. Like never, I never know what I want. I think a lot of my college, like a lot of my college lists like came from her. Like she was like helping me figure it out, right? And I don't know if that's great either, but I feel like my sister's just very clear headed. Um, I'm just a little bit off the charts, like maybe too ADHD. Um, I feel like I just, I haven't like found what I'm truly passionate about yet. Like I enjoy comp sci, but I'm not sure if I'm quite passionate about it yet. I know she's really passionate about specifically Asian American studies and she plans on um, majoring in like dual majoring, right? She's dual majored in Asian American studies and political science and she plans to continue that Asian American studies um, in her graduate school and even in law. Right, so she's like found her passion. I haven't quite found my passion. And unlike me, she's very like, um, soft, not, I wouldn't say soft-spoken, but she's very mature, like in how she speaks and what she does. And I'm complete opposite. Maybe it's younger sibling syndrome, you know, like just being the younger sibling, I haven't been tasked with that many responsibilities. Like my sister has so many family responsibilities. I'm just kind of like there hanging off her so shoulder. Um, I think also she's super, um, yeah, I think she's just a lot more clear headed than me. And she is really passionate in like social justice, which I, I just, I think I'm too much of a realist and that like, I don't see change happening like in the immediate future if I just reposted a, picture or like like follow the news like I don't see like myself making a change in the near future so I don't like I'm not politically active because I don't see like my participation affecting or impacting anything right but she's she I think um she's super passionate about her activism and um she like continually makes like adjustments to her own living like style and her own like she constantly like does like things I don't know she's just more politically and socially aware and active than I am and I think that might be due in part to my realistic maybe pessimistic tendencies I think so what's something you have in common besides blood and the fact that you're a human that's a good question. I think we love each other. I think love crosses besides a lot love. of boundaries. Oh, besides <laughs> love. Um, we have a twin brother. I, I have a brother. I have a twin besides brother. Your brother. Besides your mother and your father. Even like personality-wise. I think we've had a lot of similar experiences. Like I think being female in an Asian household has a lot of implications. And I think um, we've shared a lot of like lived experiences, especially like like with my parents, um, that like make it easier to relate to each other. Because I don't I don't think my brother relates 
my sister as well as I do because I know how it feels like to be compared to constantly compared to other kids right my sister was also constantly compared to other kids um I know how it feels like to be like I don't know told to behave and act a certain way because it's like it's like my mom used to get on me for like sitting a certain way all the time because she was like that's not very ladylike of you and my sister's gone through a very similar thing she's also like my mom and dad rely on me and my sister a lot more than they do my brother like they'll just ask us to do more stuff than my brother my brother's like freeloading honestly um yeah I think just because we're both like we've shared like similar experiences we know how each other feel I think I think it just makes a conversations a lot easier because we have something to talk about right it makes it a lot easier to empathize with each other right so yeah I think there's that other than that I have no idea we're not that similar in terms of personality if you could acquire any skill supernatural or otherwise immediately right now what would it be telepathy i think i think i don't think before i speak right and i'm always like if i just knew what other people were thinking or how other people reacted to the things i'd say i would i would be more aware, socially aware, you know, like, I, I like, I mess up a lot. And I feel like if I just knew what other people were thinking, I could just avoid that mess up like a thousand times quicker than just having to deal with like the mess up afterwards, cleaning it up and then like mending the relationship. I, um, I think if I could just like know what other people were thinking or even how they were feeling, like their emotions at that point in time, I'd be like cool as a cucumber. Okay. Okay. So what was the, what was my question? Um, oh my God. I was just looking at it. What is something, anything really that you feel that you've connected with? Like in your past, right now? Three hours I, think, now. I think maybe I'm beating a dead horse, but I think I've really connected with my sister over the past like two years. Like I, prior to like her leaving for college or like just prior to her being in college in general, I like never really understood her and like why she reacted a certain way or like why she had a certain relationship with my parents. Like I never really understood her until like, until I was like in high school, until I was older, right? And I think I've recently really just connected with her and we have a really good relationship now I think four years ago she was she we kind of like hated each other I kind of thought she was over dramatic right and I think she thought I was annoying and self-centered right but I think I think just really just talking it out with my sister hashing it out like seeing each other's perspectives just talking and communicating a lot more has really fixed our relationship right and I feel like we've recently really connected really well like I talked to her like every day now before it was like every two weeks <laughs> it could also be the distance you know okay um what was the last time you recall being deliriously happy when was the last time deliriously happy um not deliriously happy, but I was really happy when I got into the Columbia Girls in STEM program. Like I got in like two days ago. I'm happy about that. 
deliriously happy don't know I would say my birthday but my birthdays are always bad I feel like on birthdays like I feel like you have such high expectations on that once like one thing goes wrong it's just like the entire day's off so I wouldn't say birthday deliriously happy hasn't been recently not in the past year I don't think because I think um I've been happy, but I don't think I've been deliriously happy. I don't know if I've ever been deliriously happy. I feel like I feel like my moods are either I don't really have radical moods. Like you know, you know how like in a survey you'll be like asked if you just like absolutely strongly hate something, strongly agree, strongly disagree. I'm never like on like I feel like I'm never on that like far right of the spectrum, like strongly happy, right? I've like had like, I think it's a lot easier being really upset than really happy, right? Because I think it's kind of like the color white, right? Like white is so easy to stain, right? With another color. And it's so easy to like, impact another color like it's so easy to change the color white than it is to like make it white again right make it happy again like say like it is so easy to like even with one drop of yellow and white it'll never be like white again right and it's kind of like I am so easily upset that like it takes me a lot of white paint to get happy again you know I don't know. I don't know if that made sense. Hey, interesting. Do you have a set of values that you like to abide by? I think, I think I'm known for like my lack of values, you know? I wish to have like, I, I, I have morals, right? I have like values that I'd like to stick by, but again, I don't think before I speak, I don't think before I act. And I feel like sometimes I'll just like do whatever like pops into my mind first, right? And I'll like, I'll, I'll upset someone, like I'll, I'll be offensive, right? And I don't intend to be offensive. It just, I don't, I don't think about the connotations my actions have. I don't even think about the weight of my actions until it's happened, right? So I'd like to say I have morals, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm controlled enough to abide by them if you know what I mean okay interesting what's a quote from anyone that has interested you I don't I don't think I I don't have a quote off the top of my head I feel like I think a lot of quotes are cool right a lot of quotes are like inspirational but I don't have like a life quote that I live by like a quote that I've like liked all the time um Maybe I, I, there's this one quote that's been like very prominent. Like, I think there's this one quote I've like known since like, I don't know, middle school. And I think it keeps popping up in my life, but I don't know if it like, it's radical or anything. I, it's just hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? And I think this goes back to like trying to make it so that I don't constantly compare myself to others like just coming to terms with like if I'm working hard enough I should be satisfied with like 
the fruits of my labor. I don't know. What's the quote you abide by? Because I think you have like such interesting like reads. Like, yeah, you read such interesting books. There's not a quote that I abide by, but there are quotes that I like thinking about. One of the quotes is, I recall being deliriously happy by Joan Didion. Um, she wrote it in her in the white out in her book, The White Album, for an essay called Holy Water, where she writes about like like in California, they don't get much rain. Um, they don't have too much interaction with water. But she was on a raft and she was like trying to open a can. And she just like remembers being like in this raft. Well, at least that's how I remember it. I don't think that's correct. But she just says, I recall being deliriously happy. And I just, I, I like think about that image every single day. Isn't Joan Didion the one that went to New York and she wrote about her experience in New York? I love that essay. That essay is my lifeblood. I love that essay so much. It gives me so much it So much metaphor, it has so much video of language. It's just really well-written. I just think it's so beautiful. I reread that essay so often. Another quote I think about is um, in this book called Near to the Wild Heart. I'm still reading it right now. Kind of a difficult book to get through. I just feel like I'm never, like I like it, but I'm never, I just feel like it's so special. Not that, but I think it's just like so special. And also the language is a little difficult because it's written in stream of, in the stream of consciousness technique. Here to the Wild Heart by Clarice Lispector. And this 19-year-old woman, Joanna, is stuck in a loveless marriage and we kind of follow her um, life. Um, we see different portions of her life. And um, right now, as she's 19, which is when like the, the present time in the narrative, she thinks about thinking, she thinks about feeling. And something that she's um, said is, like she's unable to stop inventing. Um, she's unable to stop thinking and thinking is her form of invention. And I love that. I also think about Ocean Vong's quotes a lot. I think about I think about Moby Dick, the book, a whole bunch ever since I read it. Um, yeah, I think about it a lot. They're not really like super philosophical quotes, but they're just like images that really stand out in my mind. And I just love random ones. Not super deep ones, just fun ones. I think I think about in terms of books I think about The Glass Castle a lot in terms of like she's Janae Waltz like had a crazy like honestly I don't know how else to describe it I feel like crazy is such a like like commonly used word it's overused it might be even um uh overrated right I just it's like she's so inspiring at how far she's come have you read The Glass Castle? No. You need to read it. Put it on your to read list. It's like it's a four hour read, I think, tops. I feel like it might be similar to Educated by Tara Westover. Well, those are like two different lives, of course. Yeah. Like I think in the last class, so she gets educated or something and her life changes, but not what happens. Um, Glass Castle is a lot about just how her family, her a lot about her family life and how like her dad's an alcoholic her mom's like not motivated she's always crying her mom's always like 
having a mental breakdown. She, her mom has a degree, but she doesn't work, right? Like, she, Danae didn't even, Danae Wallace, like, she didn't even know her mom had a degree and had, like, the ability to work until she was, like, in sixth grade, where she was just, like, mom, like, why are we living like this? Like, do you, like, and she found out that she had a degree and she could get an actual job and that. She was just, like, staying at home because she didn't want to work and she wanted to do art, right? And um, it was just, like, a life where she just never had much, right? And it was just always like her parents on the run. And I think there's this recurring theme, a more motif of um, her dad just told her she wanted, he wanted, to, he would build her a glass castle when she was older. And he would always tell her like, oh yeah, we're, we're running from like, we're like in search of a like a new adventure. I don't know what he said exactly, but he always told her the reason why they were like leaving a certain place was because like um the FBI are onto us when no it was just debt collectors onto them and they wanted like the money right and they have to like skedaddle they they use the word skedaddle a lot right and it's just like super well written book super like it makes you rethink your life I think but then we're it's also bad because then I'm also comparing myself to her like I think, I don't know. It's a great read. It's a great read. I think you should. Mm, okay, we're coming down to the last questions. Do you think you've grown as a person in any sense? I don't think I've grown a whole lot. I feel like my personality hasn't changed. If anything, I'm just a little bit louder. Because um, I think... I, as child, I didn't talk a lot. I think I was a really insecure as a child, but now I'm like kind of more comfortable talking out loud when I shouldn't be because I don't think before I talk, but um, I'm a lot more comfortable with like just talking about whatever's on my mind with like new people. Like it'll take me like 30 minutes to warm up to like strangers, but I'll be able to talk with them. I feel like in like elementary school I was like deathly afraid of like getting judged and like being bullied I was never bullied but I was really afraid of being bullied that like I wouldn't say anything I think I fabricated a lot when I was a child made up a lot of friends as a child to make myself feel better right so I think I've grown in the sense that I'm coming to terms with my like own identity I'm coming to terms with like what I don't and what I do and don't have like what I can and can't do right I think as a child, I just had such high hopes for myself. But I'm being more realistic. I'm coming to terms with just myself in general. Like coming to terms with my own identity, I think, is a big thing. I think you've told me before that you're very self-aware about yourself. And I know you said several times throughout the interview, like, I don't think before I speak, I don't think before I act and all of that. So... Where does this awareness come from, do you think? I think it comes from my realistic sense, like my realistic pessimistic side, right? I'm constantly like, um, I'm constantly just like aware of the like the bad things I say. I'm like realistic. I know I'm what I'm saying is bad, but I, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, honestly. I think it might come from like, insecurity I think it's might be embedded in insecurity in that like I try to find fault in everything I do kind of a little bit like 
I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm self-aware or just like to like just like to flat myself, you know? I don't know. Okay. And what is a message that you would want projected to the world? Projected to the world? Um, Korean food is really good. Um, other than that, I think I think time is just I don't know, you should listen to Adventure Time song. I think it's like time is ah, 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 ah. wait. Wait, let me find the song name. Um it's called Together Again. Oh, you and I will always be back then. You and I. Okay, what what is this song called? Um time adventure in adventure time right so I think it's just yeah like I think just live life in the present don't worry about your future so much I think I need to learn that too because I I I worry a lot about my future when I haven't even applied to college yet like I should be worrying about my common app not about what am I going to be eating in 20 years am I going to be eating oatmeal or am I going to be eating avocado on toast you know I think I don't know I think I just I don't know find yourself figure out what you want to do preferably as soon as possible because you're getting old okay thank you so much for joining me on this podcast any last words Korean food is really I guess I've never had kimbap kimbap is to die for. What else? Sugarfina, Sugarfina sugar lips, super good. Um, what else? Oh, Columbia, please, please, please accept me. Love you. Everyone is praying for you right now. Thank you so much. Let's stop recording.